This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are kicking off hour number two of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. If you're just tuning in, started off uh, an hour early. Took over at 1 o'clock for JT the Brick, who's got some responsibilities he's got to hold down with the Raiders. And so this might end up being, just kind of a little programming note, this might end up being uh, every Friday thing throughout the rest of the, the season. Just saying, there's a good possibility that we might go three hours long, three hours strong every Friday the rest of the football season. Just throwing it out there. Uh, again, I'll confirm it at some point, but uh, it looks like that that may be uh, what direction we're going because uh, JT has things he has to do uh, with the Raiders, and so we're very flexible about that. And, of course, as we all know, I'm always greedy and ask for extra time on the air. So when you ask for it enough, at some point you receive it. So it's all good, though. I, you want to know something? Uh, you know what my biggest fear is going to be? What? One of these Fridays we're going to be on from 12 to like 6. There's a good chance of that. We're, yeah, we're going to have I've done the, a show whole, like the that whole before. brick of time. Yeah, I've done a show like that before. I've done that, uh, I've done that a couple times when I was in uh, Central Texas. Uh, I did like two shows back-to-back or whatever, two three-hour shows back-to-back. It was a long day, but it's cool. Whatever. You know what I mean? I mean, look. We're up here talking. We were talking. We started the show talking about bungee jumping. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, there's a lot of things we could be doing that could be a lot worse than what we're doing. You know, speaking of worse than what we're doing, there's a whole lot of construction going on around my house these days. I was telling you earlier in the week about the construction near my mom's house that almost made me late to get to the facility. The construction going on right now around my house, around my house, bruh, <laughs> that is a struggle. Man, they have us every single day. It's different. You know, that says keep right, keep left, keep right, keep left. I've been riding on the wrong side of the road. I've ridden on the right side of the road. I done gone down a dirt road. Now I'm on a paved road, then turns into a dirt road. I, I mean, man, it's like a it's like a, a, a like a zigzag puzzle. How far man. away is that from the house as you're leaving out or coming back? How it's, far it's, away is it? I mean, it's literally when I pull out of my street, it's right there. It's the first street. It's I guess I'll just throw it out there. It's Coronado Center. The street is called it's Coronado Center, and it is a mess right now. It's going to be like that for another two months, and then once they finally start moving the cones, you're just going to... And you know me, I, I and I've said it before, I'm very the particular city. about certain things, right? I want my hair cut on point at all times. Well, I also want my car clean. I am one of those guys that hates to see a dirty car. And Steph, from our sister station, she has a car very similar to mine. It looks almost identical to mine. And she has someone comes here early in the morning and washes her car. And every time I walk by it and it's shining and the tires are all shining, I get mad. So I go into her and say, damn it. And I say it just like that. <laughs> and it's early in the morning. I'm like, damn it. You got me again. And she's like, Q, all you got to do is get here early and, and they can wash your car too. And I was like, yeah, you just said it. Get here early. Yeah, that brother be out here about 6 in the morning. That's what I'm saying. I don't. This brother be getting the eye boogers out my eyes still at 6 in the morning. I mean, I'm awake. I'm active. But I'm just not all the way put together at six in the morning. Not at the way to, you know, the day saving time. He out here before the sunrise watching. Man, and I haven't. Have you adjusted yet? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty. You're good. good. I'm pretty good. I haven't adjusted yet. I really haven't, man. That 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 getting dark early thing, it's not for me. 
Yeah, it sucks, but you know, I, I, yeah, you right I about deal that. with it. It sucks, but I deal with it, right? Yeah, because it's one of those things. I'm, it affects me like wanting to go to the gym after work, right? Where it's just like, oh, you know, just sometimes, tired. If, yeah, you just like, ah, uh, man, it's already seven. Seven might as well be nine. Nine might as well be eleven. I need to get to bed. Right? No, I'm with you. I'm with you. I thought it was just me. That getting dark thing early is not is not okay. It's not okay. So that that part has has bothered me a little bit, but I, I'm I'm working on it. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get adjusted. Don't worry, I'll make it happen. The Raiders injury report came out a little bit earlier today. We'll go over that in a little bit. Before we do that, though, I do want to go out to the Raider Nation listener line, Mitch in New Jersey, patiently waiting. What's on your mind, my man? Welcome to the show. All right, <laughs> Mitch. Sound like it sounded like he was either in the the hospital ward or he was in the a grocery store. Clean up on aisle seven. That's what it was. He was a clean up on aisle seven. He was at the grocery store. That's what happens. Yeah, just gonna pass on Mitch. No, it's okay. That's that's all right. He'll call back. My bad. I uh, I started talking about daylight savings time. I started talking about my car getting clean or not getting clean. I started talking about the road being jacked up. So Mitch is like, I'm done with this dude. I can't deal with this guy today. It's like the text message that we got that said, "You ain't got a big name show, but you got some good guests." <laughs> I like that. That was a cool compliment, somewhat. <laughs> You take you taking it better than me. I read that. And I was like, "What do you mean by that?" No, nah, no, nah, you know, hey man, we're just some humble cats around here, man. So let me go over the Raiders injury report right now, Mitch. If you want to call back seven zero two three six five ninety two hundred, we'll hustle up and get you on the phone for sure. Sam and Ash text line also six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. The question that I did throw out there before we get to the injury report: What do you think, or who do you think needs to have a big role on Sunday, offensively and defensively? I'm looking for one on both sides of the ball. Who needs to have a big role to help the Raiders snap? Their two-game losing streak and go to six and four and uh, drop the Bengals to uh, having a three-game losing streak and uh, at five and five. Uh, now going over the injury report real quick, only a couple that I really see that really stand out to me that that are big deal. I mean, you heard Rich Basaccia when we played the uh, the media session a little while ago. Nick Kukowski, he's out. He's dealing with the ankle injury. He hasn't participated in practice in a very long time. Uh, not surprised by that. Keyshawn Nixon dealing with the ankle and, and foot injury. He's out officially for Sunday. But the ones that are limited and questionable are the ones that I'm really paying attention to. Cornerback Brandon Faison is dealing with a finger and a hamstring injury. He was limited. He practiced in full on Wednesday, limited on Thursday, and was limited today, and he's questionable for Sunday. That could be potentially a big loss. That's one that I'm really paying attention to on Sunday morning when that injury report comes out and that, you know, the, 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 the actives and inactives. Because if Faison's out, then what? Desmond Trufant? That's who you want out there? Desmond Trufant a few years ago might be the guy I want out there, but Desmond Trufant right now, eh, not so much. Faison's done a pretty good job. Now, everyone got torched against the Chiefs, so I don't really want to hold that against him, but he, he's done a really good job uh, since coming over from the Chargers and their practice squad. So if he ends up being out, that could be big-time trouble for the Raiders, especially when you've got a guy named Jamar Chase that's coming to town. And I know that some people are saying that Casey Hayward's going to match up with him. He might. But Jamar Chase is a fast, fast dude. You know what I mean? It's just, I mean, that's, that's going to be one of those where it, the technique is going to have to be what, what wins that battle. If, uh, if Casey Hayward gets matched up with, uh, with Jamar Chase, the technique is going to be what wins that battle because that, that's going to be a tough one. Uh, that Burrow to Chase combination is really, really good. I mean, they, they have it down like they're back at LSU. So we'll pay attention to, to that one. I think Brandon Faison uh, is really needed on Sunday. So hopefully he is not uh, he, he's able to go. Uh, also, the other one that I'm paying attention to who's questionable for Sunday, uh, Jalen Richard. 
He's dealing with a ribs injury. He broke his rib, uh, broke a rib on Sunday, and uh, he didn't participate in practice on Wednesday. He was limited on Thursday and limited today, so he's questionable. So, what, what are you shaking me off for? Man, I break a rib. I ain't, I ain't doing nothing. <laughs> That's like one of those, like, we expect football players to be so tough. Right. Yo, man, sit this one out. <laughs> <laughs> well, he might. He might. He's questionable for uh, for Sunday, and, and I, I just think that that's an important role because he's been, you know, th- throughout, and I didn't think he was going to make the, the team when the season started. I thought he was he was done-zo, you know, done deal. But, I mean, he's been there. He's the guy that, that comes in on third down. He's a third down back. He catches the ball in the backfield. Uh, he does a little bit of uh, special teams as well, kick return. I mean, he's, he's an important part. He blocks really well, so uh, we'll see. I think it's an important part, but uh, Faison and Richard both being questionable Sunday is definitely something to pay attention to. Uh, now let's go back out to the phone lines at 702-365-9200. Who we got up, uh, Damon? Allen right here in Vegas. Allen right here in Vegas. What's on your mind, my man? Hey, fellas. Uh, on defense, I want to see John Abram get some revenge and get a, uh, a good game. I know the Bengals on offense want to take their chance down deep with Jamar Chase. I'm sure they'll try and target John Abram just the way that the Chiefs did last week. And on offense, I definitely want to see the offensive line put a solid game. If Derek Carr can get some clean pockets and buy some time to throw deep, or in the running game, at least get some good holes to get Josh Jacobs going because he's been struggling as well. All right, there you go. Offensive line and uh, and also want to see uh, Jonathan Abram go out there and, and, and do some things. And look, I, I don't want, and someone hit us up earlier on the uh, text line earlier this week and said, is Jonathan Abram going to, gonna spy Jamar Chase and I thought no I mean that's that's just what you and I don't I don't want to sound disrespectful to Jonathan Abram but that's not the matchup you want you don't want Jonathan Abram to get matched up with Jamar Chase I mean that's that's going to be a problem and look this guy is not the end-all be-all I mean he's not you know God's gift to wide receivers but man the dude's good the dude's really good and again it's it's not even the fact that he's really good it's just that connection it's like those cats never left LSU it's like they're still on that national championship team and I questioned the the selection of Jamar Chase, I thought it was uh, silly. I thought they should go after our offensive lineman and protect Joe Burrow better. But there's a reason why I'm behind the microphone talking and they're in the locker room and they're in the front office selecting players because that's worked out really well. It's worked out really well for uh, for Cincinnati. And so that's that's one of those that they knew they had to get on the same page. And that's exactly what they did. They all got on the same page and those those uh, those cats are playing. So uh, it's going to be. It's going to be a tough one, but uh, it's not a game that's not winnable at all. I don't think the Raiders have a game that's, that's you know, you just look at it and say, oh, there's no way that they're going to win this one. Now, I do say that, can't, that game in Kansas City is going to be a tough one in a couple weeks. That's going to be a hell of a game. But if they get on the right track, I believe they could play with anybody in the league. They just got to go do it. Got a, got a text here from Te- Kevin on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Two key players, DC and Casey Hayward. Carr was trending this week for all the wrong reasons. He needs a big game to shut everyone up. And those Bungles receivers are legit. Casey needs to shut one of them down. That's from Kevin. He said, P.S. It's cold out here in Kansas. Hella sucks. <laughs> hey, man. Yeah, that's how he feels. Hey, no, it's just so funny because right when the show started, when did I start? Back in July? When I did like the first show, first or second show, and we got that text, or you got hit up about Kansas and you didn't want to, you didn't want to give no smoke towards Kansas City or Kansas or whatever. I don't know what it was, but somehow it sparked the conversation. Kansas sucking has been like a topic on the show for months now. That's great. I love it. I just love the the fact that that my man keeps it going. That's good stuff. <laughs> Got one text. Richard out. Meh. 
Cars check down option. I'm good with him out. Okay. Well, that's all right. Face on out. Mullen's not back. Well, we're in trouble. I'm glad I caught that one. I didn't want to word it the way he worded it. Not that it was a bad word, because it wasn't a bad word, but it just would have sounded a little vulgar, and I don't need to say that. But it basically is just say, if and Mullen's not back, and Faison might be out, yeah, the Raiders would be oh, in trouble. Oh, okay, I see it now. Yeah, I mean, I could have said it, but then someone would have thought I was trying to be silly, and I'm not. I mean, I'm really not. Uh, we got a text saying, you think starting Marcus Mariota is waving the white flag? You try to use passing yards as a reason why Carr shouldn't be held accountable? Any other player who isn't getting the job done gets benched. He only has 15 touchdowns. I didn't say anything about passing yards. No, he's yards. talking to me. Oh, okay. I mentioned there was oh, top, like top five in passing yards also in touchdowns. That's your quarterback. Top 12. It's, it's your quarterback, though. I mean, that's your guy. I don't think anyone believes, and, and I'll address this you know, directly, I don't think there's anyone who believes that if Marcus Mariota took over as a starting quarterback right now and ran the rest of the way, that the Raiders would be in the playoffs. If you do, please tell me. If you do, please tell me and tell me why. What has Marcus Mariota done in the history of him being a Raider that tells you he's going to go out there and ball out? I'll wait. We got till four. I mean, seriously, what has he done to show it? I just want to know. Also, I'll add, only five quarterbacks have 20 or more touchdown passes. Only I, five. Look, I so don't. It's just one of those, yeah. like, where you say, oh, only 15. Well, ain't that many people that got more than them. I just don't think that, I'm, and I'm not trying to be ugly or disrespectful to Marcus Mariota. I think he's a good player. I would like to see him involved in the offense. I don't think he's the starting quarterback, and I'm the one who asked for him to play last week. I asked for him to play with about 11 minutes left in the game. But what has he done to make you think that he's the starting quarterback or should be the starting quarterback of this team? I'm just asking. If they lose to Cincinnati, and, and they could, they lose to Cincinnati, there's seven games left. You're telling me you think that Carr, or that Carr should be on the bench for the next seven games. Why? What has Marcus Mariota done? Just answer that. That's all I want to know. I will shut the hell up. Once I hear what he's done to prove that he should start and he has a better chance of winning games than Derek Carr. And I, I get this at a spark. A spark is come in for a few plays here and there or a drive. Not every game. That's not a spark. That's a benching and, and, and a guy taking over, the, taking over the job. What has Carr done to prove that he doesn't need to have, have the job? Yes, he had two really bad passes last week. I called them out, and I, you know what? And that's funny, too. Hold on. All right, all right. I'm going to clear out for you. Wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) I say that he should just be sat down at the end of the game, and I get hit from every angle, and now I got folks talking about need to bench him if they lose this week, and it's okay. Well, you know what, Q, after, after, after more thought, I guess people, they were like, you know what, Q's right. No, but I. Q's right, in fact, so much. Right. We're going to take it a step further. (laughs) I definitely did not say that or ever imply that I thought that he should not be the starting quarterback. I thought with 11 minutes to go in a game that you're getting your tail whooped and you just threw up a couple of frustrating passes that you clearly were frustrated with, go on and and let Marcus get a little bit of burn. That's a spark. (laughs) You know, 11 minutes left in the game. See if you can get a little bit of spark. I know you're not going to win the game, but maybe see if you can get a little bit of spark. Sure. I'm okay with that. 
That's funny. I like that, though. <laughs> Mailman Redder said, Mariota would get injured in the first series. He's softer than a feather pillow. And unfortunately, to Mailman Raider's credit. It's harsh, but yeah. I mean, unfortunately, he's been injured. That's That's been my point. He's been injured the whole time he's been with the Raiders. I think he could be a hell of an asset. I really do. Really do. I, I like his athletic ability. I like what he was able to do against the Chargers in week 15. But that wasn't even enough to get a victory. He was just able to go in there and provide, you know, enough to keep them floating. And they weren't able to pick up a dub. But he was decent. But he just done nothing, in my opinion. And like I said, if I'm wrong, please tell me. Please tell me. I don't see it. But other people do. And it's just, it's it's not baffling, but it's just five and four. That's what I want to keep reiterating. Five and four. Right. I mean, we talk like there's doom and gloom and that the season's over and that, you know, the rebuild is on and, you know, fire everybody and burn it down. But, hell, they're only in second place. What this says to me is that the people that are saying this, you don't have that much faith in the team. I think, well, that's and that's based off history. That's That's what that comes from. I get that. That's frustration. Like, I totally get the frustration part. Because it's been a very long time. I've said I've gone through this spiel many times. You know, my kids have never seen a successful Raiders team, but they're faithful Raiders fans because their daddy is. You know what I mean? Like, I, sometimes I almost feel bad. <laughs> you know, because you know my son, little Q, he he rides on faith. Well, my dad can't be wrong. <laughs> but even he's hit me up like, man, why do they keep losing, Dad? I don't know. My dad just says, you know, eventually they're going to get it. Right. They're going to turn it around. Right. But there's he tells me stories about Super Bowls. <laughs> and, and I don't even have those stories. The only story I have about the Super Bowl, we all know how that ended. That's the only Super Bowl story I got. I couldn't tell you no story about 83. I know there's people that listen that can. I couldn't. I couldn't tell you no story about it. I'm sure my mom had a good day that day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure that was a cool day for her. It wasn't a great day for me. I probably crapped my pants that day. I sure didn't bungee jump that day. <laughs> I was about seven. Yeah. I might have crapped my pants. Yeah, I might have stayed. You know, you, you no, know, because you said that. And I was like, no, I don't think you was that young, man. No, I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, sometimes when you're a kid, nah, never mind. I don't even go there. <laughs> Point is, football wasn't my number one focus at seven years old. I was just trying to get to the bathroom on time. You know? I mean, that's the key. So it, it's I so I get the frustration. I get that. I do, totally get that. But I just don't think Marcus Mario is the answer. I always said he's the guy. Oh man, Raider Jay in Sacramento, bring back Jason Campbell, man, man, man. I sure hated when Jason Campbell got injured. He broke his collarbone. That's when Hugh Jackson was the head coach. Jason Campbell broke his collarbone. Raiders go out. Hugh Jackson makes the crazy trade to go and get Carson Palmer for a first-round pick, and that dude was sitting on the couch. That sucked. <laughs> I mean, you want to talk about frustration. That was a good team full of guys that nobody really thought were, you know, an outstanding great team. But Hugh Jackson put Denarius Moore, put Jacoby Ford, put um, – who was Rod Streeter on that team? I don't even know if Rod Streeter was on that team. But he put guys in position to make plays that most people didn't even think were going to make plays. You know what I mean? Darren McFadden, he was out there playing well. Jason Campbell was 
looking like he was having a career resurgence. We got the biggest name. Who? Darius Hayward. Oh, yeah. DHB was on that squad. All his speed. Yeah, that man, I'll tell you, though, I'm telling you, I, somehow Hugh Jackson got the most out of all of those cats. Every one of them. And I've said this before on the show, too. I feel like I'm reminiscing today. It's great. Flashback Friday. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, he set those players up for success. Whatever Daenerys Moore did really well, that's what Hugh Jackson made him do. Whatever Darren McFadden did really well, that's what he made him do. Whatever Jacoby Ford did really well, he made him do. Because every single one of those guys, once they left the team, really didn't do a whole lot of anything. McFadden did okay when he left. He went to the Cowboys and had a couple couple big seasons, but that was it. DHB stuck around for a while as a special teamer in Pittsburgh. Jacoby Ford, I think he went to the Jets. Denarius Moore went to the Bengals, didn't do anything. I mean, it was just really their most successful days were there with the Raiders with and Hugh Jackson. And Jason Campbell, man, when he went down, I promise you that team was a playoff team. I promise you that team was a playoff team. When he went down, I just thought, oh, no, you're kidding me. They go out and make the move for Carson Palmer. Kyle Bowler, remember him? Kyle Bowler was their backup quarterback. He comes in and throws, what, three picks the first half of the game, the first game after Jason Campbell went down. If I'm if I'm remembering remembering correctly, he only threw three picks on the season. Yeah, but it was all that game. <laughs> okay, so I'm so if you remembering three picks I'm, in the game, yeah, because I'm telling you, I'll look at the game. Yeah, long, look at it. But I I'm looking you. at the stats. He only he, he threw three picks on the season. I swear, I could be wrong, but I swear he threw three picks, and then Carson Palmer came in in the second half and threw three picks too. I swear that that happened because it just got brought up the other day when uh, oh Thursday last night it just got brought up last night when Atlanta threw three picks in a row. That's why I, that's what made me think of that because me and someone else were having a conversation about it. I swear that that's what's happened. You could look at the record and check, but I think that that's what happened. Bowler came in and he was terrible. And I like Kyle Bowler because he came from Cal. Yep. Zero 28. He did, right? Three picks. Yeah. See, there you go. And then Palmer came in and throw three picks too. I never, I never, ever liked Carson Palmer ever at, at all. I slandered that man's name even when he went to Arizona. I was, man, I never liked that guy. What did he do to you, man? I, I just never, you know, you just get a bad vibe. Was with it folks. just like he overhyped? No, I just didn't. Was I he mean, Matt Stafford to you no, before Matt Stafford? No, no, no. He quit on his team, first of all. And he decided he was going to sit on the couch and pout. And he did it. And then he's sitting on the couch. The, the, the Bengals had already moved on from him. They had already went and got, uh, what's his name? Andy Dalton. Carson Palmer 2.0. They had gone and got him. So they weren't, it's not like they needed him. And then the Raiders gave him a first round pick for a guy who was sitting on the bench. It's like me with no job, and they're like, hey, Q, you want six figures? Yeah, of course I do. He was sitting on the bench doing nothing. They could have lowballed the hell out of him. They would have taken anything for him. No, and this, if they, is, this is Carson Palmer and, we were talking about. And if about. they didn't, who cares? Leave his ass on the bench. Leave his ass on the couch. Kyle Bowler? Whatever. You saw what he did. You saw what the Raiders did. What did the Raiders do the rest of the season? What did Carson Palmer do for the Raiders? A whole lot of nothing. Oh, I already got that one in the head. Uh, four and five. He went four and five. Went, Thank you. Uh, in his games as a starter. Thank you. Did the Raiders make the playoffs that year? Nope. No, nope. exactly. Four wins with Jason Campbell. Four wins with Carson Palmer. I'm telling you right now, Campbell was gonna was was gonna do some things. I feel like I promise you, I felt like Campbell was gonna do some things. Boy, that was a magical four and two for you, huh? Yeah, hey, no, it was it was <laughs> it was the way they were playing though. You could tell the way they were playing. They had they had control. They were a, man. They were a good team. Man, got me all fired up now. I'm getting text messages left and right. <laughs> ben Simmons is on the couch, too. Yeah, he is. 
Q and Demond, Fargo Raider. Tom Cable went eight. And, uh, Tom Cable went eight and eight with that team. Just win, baby. The year before Hugh Jackson, though. Yeah, yeah. Because then Tom Cable got fired and Hugh Jackson took over. Yeah. Yeah. Both went eight and eight. So I mean, I guess the right. team was. But Hugh Jackson was the head coach in, in waiting. Uh, Al had hired him to be the offensive coordinator. He got him away from Baltimore, and uh, he he had hired him to be the offensive coordinator. And I knew then I was like, oh yeah, he's the he's the head coach in waiting because Al. Al really loved Hugh Jackson because he was a very creative offensive mind. That was the thing about Hugh. He was so stinking creative when it came to offense. And, I mean, hell, he was on the show, you know. We got to get him back on just to talk about this 2011 season. Oh, no, we will. We will. Hugh's great, man. He, he's freaking fantastic. Uh, so we'll definitely get him back on. Uh, uh, Kevin said, you're completely right, Q. What has Mariota done to be the starter? One good game against the Chargers last year that we still lost. Crucial pick by Marcus Mariota. He's a backup for a reason. If Mariota's playing, the season's over. Good job, Kevin. Raider J can hit the bench. Raider J can hit the bench, too, with that comment. LOL. Bring back Bruce Krakowski. I don't know what he means. He's saying Raider, he don't like Raider J's comment about uh, Jason Campbell. He's saying, we oh, put I got Jay on the bench. Oh, you can't put a, you can't put a fan on the bench. That's not cool. We're all family here. We could all disagree. But why? So he's like, I get that he's joking, but Bruce Gorakowski. Oh, he was he was kind of fun to watch. <laughs> he had that one big game against Pittsburgh. That was the that was the famous little cue pounding on the wall with my neighbor. That's the one I told you about before where he was. Oh, dang. Please don't do that. Oh, man. I just forgot. Yo, yo, take it easy. My bad. <laughs> anyway. One more text. We'll take a break. Raider Steve in Reno. Pretty sure Marcus Mariota has done some things that D.C. has not. I believe he's completed a pass to himself in a playoff win over the Chiefs. Well, he was in the playoffs. He played in the playoff. But my point, and I, and I, I, like, the, uh, I like the text, Raider Steve in Reno. Thank you for that. Uh, I'll say this. What has he done with the Raiders? A whole lot of nothing. Unfortunately, thought it was a great reason to have him. Thought he was going to provide a little, little, little something. Nothing. And he's, he's, he's got paid pretty nice to do a whole lot of nothing. Just saying. 226 at the time when we come back. Brian Salmon, News 3, right here in Las Vegas. He's all over everything going on in town. We'll talk to him about everything going on in town, including the Raiders and Bengals. We'll do it next. This Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. But it will be more than likely if they do lose this game here. Okay. Hey, fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me twice. Can't be fooled again. Is that how it goes? Something like that. (laughs) That's how George Bush said it. That's who you quoted? Yeah. That's who you quoted? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Out of every great quote in, yep. that you could have came up with, you decided to go with the former president. Yep. There's an old saying in Tennessee. I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee, that says, fool me once, shame on shame on you. If fool me, we can't get fooled again. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy, Q. 2.31 is the time. Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. DeMond Cotton behind the wheels of steel, your boy Q. I uh, wanted to pass along this quick note. Defensive back coach Ron Milas, he will not attend Sunday's game due to COVID-19 protocols. Assistant defensive back coach Addison Lynch will assume his duties. And uh, Addison Lynch, the one note on him is uh, he's been talked about in a very high fashion, that he's a very smart football mind. But all of a sudden now he's up on the on the main stage as the defensive backs coach with uh, filling in for Ron Milas. And Ron Milas, that's a big deal. That is a really big deal. So that's interesting. That's something to definitely pay attention to. Uh, Vic Tafer put that out, and uh, Tashawn Reed put that out as well. So uh, just a little nugget to have. Right now, 
Got our guy on the phone line, Brian Salmon from News 3 in Las Vegas on Twitter, at Brian News 3 LV, and that's Brian with the Y. And, Brian, thank you so much for your time. You picking up the kiddos yet, or have you already secured them, or what's the deal? Uh, no, I'm waiting in line, man. I'm at the very end of the line, so I'm, I'm here chilling, man. Just talking to my boy Q. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, I do appreciate your time, my man. I want to talk to you about everything going on in the city this weekend, but I want to start with uh, what we saw Thursday night at Allegiant Stadium, high school football state championship games, first time that it's happened. It, it came together really fast, like nine or ten days, and they put it together. What were your thoughts on just seeing those guys out there, those teams out there competing on the, on the, on the big stage? Man, I thought it was a beautiful thing. I thought it was a beautiful thing. You and I both have covered high school football in the state of Texas. So we know just how big it is and what it means to those kids. And just think about, like, in Texas, they get a chance to make it to the state championship game. They're going to Jerry World. Right. You know what I mean? They, they play their games in, uh, in Houston sometimes or whatever. But that, that's something that kids look forward to playing in the NFL stadium if they have an NFL stadium in their state for the state playoff games and – in Nevada, they really had never had that opportunity going to San Boy Stadium, which is, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> right. <laughs> they got a chance to play in Allegiant Stadium. It was really, really cool to see. It'll be a, a memory that those kids will have for a lifetime, whether they won or lost a game. They took part in history playing in Allegiant Stadium. Right, no doubt. And the thing about it is that came together really quickly, and I know it's not going to ever be Texas high school football because that's just another animal, but – it has the opportunity, in my opinion, to be really big, especially with the help of Allegiant Stadium, just to have that motivation to be able to play there. Of course. Of course. Man, if you live in Reno, you're like, man, we're trying to get the state. Man, we're going out and playing Vegas mm-hmm. in, a, in the Death Star. You know what I mean? Like, that, that is motivation. I mean, and, and I, I think about it in high school, man. You, you play the basketball state championship. You're playing it in, you know, Madison Square Garden. You're playing in Oracle or – the new uh, arena that they have in, in California, or you're playing in Staples or whatever the heck they're called, Crypto the Crypt. Whatever. Right, right, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you live for that kind of stuff, to be able to play in the professional arena building, and that's something that these kids have. And that, that's really good that the NIAA came up with that as quickly as they came up with it, put that whole thing together and made it happen, man. It, I thought it was a beautiful thing to see. Yeah, no, I did too. And like I said, I think it's going to just get bigger and, and bigger each and every year that they do that right there at Allegiant Stadium. And so that's, that's going to be a lot of fun. Now, uh, who else plays at Allegiant Stadium? Well, the Raiders, of course. And they lost the last two games. <laughs> do, do they now? Yeah, man, they do, brother. They do. They play there. I know on Sunday it didn't really look like that against Kansas City. But, hey, you know, that game's behind them. They're on to Cincinnati this Sunday. Uh, what, what, are your, what are your thoughts on just – the way that they're approaching this game, or what? how do you think that they're approaching this game? I feel like that this is a really, it's almost one of those that's a, it's a must win without mathematically being a must win, if that makes sense. What are your thoughts going into this week's game? You know what? And this is something that's, that's funny about that, is that on the air, just about every week, I keep saying, you know what? This is the biggest game of the season for the Raiders. <laughs> right. You know what? I get on tonight and be like, you know what? What I said last week is the same this week. I, I agree with you. It's a huge game because if if you truly have playoff aspirations and you want to get over the hump, you have to win this game. Man, you got to win this game. And, you know, people, just like last season when they got off to the good start, mm-hmm. a lot of people nationally kind of jumped on the bandwagon like, man, look at the Raiders. Look what they're doing. Right. Same thing happened this year. Look at the Raiders. Look what they're doing, man. They got a nice squad, and then they promptly lose games. You lose to the Giants, a game you can't lose. you got to beat the teams you're supposed to beat, and that's how you get over the edge and get to the playoffs, i.e. the Chargers. 
they got to they don't they're not beating teams that they're supposed to beat. Thus, they're looking just like the Raiders, same position, same record. The Raiders definitely do need to win this game coming up this weekend. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. And we're talking to Brian Salmon right now on uh, Raider Nation Radio 920. And, and let me ask you this, because Josh Jacobs was asked the question about the late season collapses. It's happened two years in a row. He's been in the league two years. This is his third year. So he was asked, I think Deshaun Reed asked him about it uh, yesterday at the media session. And it almost sounded like when he answered that, that that thought had creeped in his mind, like, is this another late season collapse? If they were to lose on Sunday, how much of it do you think will become mental after that moving forward? Like, uh-oh, here we go again. Uh, you know what? It, it will to Raider Nation. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. As a player, as a player, I, I doubt that you have that kind of mentality just because most of the guys on the team haven't been around for that, except for maybe like Derek Carr. You know what I mean? So he's a player that'd be like, okay, here we go again sort of a thing. But the other guys – they, they probably just look at it as like, man, we, we disappointed ourselves. We disappointed our fan base. Um, we're not living up to the hype that we believe we are and that we actually we know we are. Look at how we played early. So I, I think that, um, you know, man, I, when I come on this show, I'm a guy that keeps my Cavassier glass half full. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So uh, with that being said, I think that the guys have a positive mindset, and they they should feel like they can win this game and kind of get over the snide. They won the two games right after John Gruden was let go, quit, whatever you want to call it. And I think they can kind of draw on that and, and get back to their winning ways, hopefully. What is it going to take for the Raiders to get Darren Waller more involved, and how important do you think it is for Darren Waller to get more involved? That's a very good question, and I think that's a huge key. When he's getting the ball and – He's wreaking havoc. The team is playing better offensively. You know what I mean? Like so, for instance, the last few games, you've seen Josh Jacobs kind of run the ball pretty well for the most part. You know what I mean? They're getting the ball to, to Kenyon Drake and all that kind of stuff. Um, but Darren Waller hadn't been getting a whole lot of touches, and the offense hasn't been scoring so many points. Hey, force the ball to Darren Waller. Who cares? If you forcing the ball to Darren Waller in situations is going to be more positive than you throwing a three-yard check down on third and 13. Right, you know what right. I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah, go, go for it. Stop being so conservative. Give him the ball. He needs the rock for them to be uh, successful, just like Kelsey needs a rock for KC to be successful. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. I've been saying that now for a couple of weeks. I'd like to see him get a lot more involved than he is. Uh, we've had people call in and say Marcus Mariota need to put him in. Uh, what kind of spark do you think Marcus Mariota could bring at this time? I see them with the package, and then every time they bring in the package, it's like a, a false start happens, and so the, the package is right back off the field. But and Which drives me crazy, by the way. Pre-snap penalties drive me crazy. But what, what kind of spark do you think that Marcus could bring in, even just like I said, just a handful of plays? Well, I hate even saying this, man. Are you talking about those uh, pre-snap Leatherwood penalties? Yes, Leatherwood, Parker. Yeah, yeah, Leatherwood, Parker, Simpson. You pick one. I don't care. <laughs> man, yo, as anyone watching the game, that drives me bananas. So I can just imagine how Versace feels about that. That that would just make mm -hmm. my head explode. Exactly. Um, yeah. No, I, I no, I, I, I don't know, man. Marcus Mariota. I mean. He did great in this one run that he had in the first game of the season. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. Marcus Mariota is a backup for a reason. And although I had been the probably the, the lead driver on the, the Derek Carr hype train this entire season, in the last few games, man, he's let me down. I, I'm, 
he's he has not played well. You know, I can't make excuses for him. He hasn't played well, so he needs to step his game up. Whether I I, I personally don't believe that bringing Marcus Mariota in is some kind of an answer. You right. know what I mean? Because yeah. it's not like he can throw the ball better. It's not like he's really going to be out there running the ball. Right, exactly. I, I mean, his whole time that he's been with the team, he's had like two or three good runs. I mean, you know, he had that one good game where he came in in, in week 15 uh, because Carr went out with the injury, and then he played well, like you said. The one good run at the beginning of the season, he gets injured right after that. I mean, he's he's really – he. he I don't Mr. Know. Glass? Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, he's done a whole lot of nothing. And so, uh, yeah, I, I would like to see him in there for a play here or there. Wouldn't mind seeing him in the red zone or fourth and one if those guys could hold their water. But I don't think that he's the answer. And, and and like I said, Carr definitely needs to play better, but he's their best option. You know what I mean? Like, he there's, is exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah, Mariota coming in is not going to come in and, and spark the team. But like you said, I wouldn't be opposed to Mariota coming in and being Cam Newton inside the red zone, inside the 10-yard line, because clearly whatever they're doing right now, especially in the last few games, has not worked inside the red zone, inside the 10. Absolutely. No, you're right on, spot on about that. We're talking with Brian Salmon from uh, News 3 Las Vegas here uh, and on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And uh, I, I, I know we could talk Raiders all day long. I did want to get your uh, thoughts on a couple other things that are going on, a couple other games, activities going on in the, in the city, which there's plenty Beautiful of it. City. Right, right. Yes. How about UNLV's in action tonight, uh, football and basketball? Uh, Michigan's coming to town to take on UNLV. That's a big-time matchup. And then, of course, San Diego State it's senior night for the football team. What are your thoughts on just the two programs going at, or two teams uh, going at it for UNLV tonight? First thing, before I answer that, which one are you going to? <laughs> That's been the question all week long. I think I'm going to, to the basketball game against Michigan because yep. it's Michigan coming to town. Yep, me too. <laughs> me too. But, uh, hey, man, this is what we dreamed about being here in Las Vegas. And like I said I say on the air every week that the next game for the Raiders is the biggest game. Every week on the on television, I also say this is the sports and entertainment capital of the world. And this weekend, we had a bunch of stuff going on because every weekend, we got a bunch of stuff going on, man. Mm-hmm. We got a top 25 football team coming to town to play against the Rebels. We got a top five basketball team coming to play the running Rebels. We got a boxing match. We got the Raiders. I mean, what? We had hockey. We got hockey on Saturday. Right. Man, Vegas is the sports and entertainment capital of the world. I don't care what nobody tells me. The weather's – this is the place to be, man. I'm I'm pumped about this weekend. Right. And the fight is the biggest thing I'm pumped about, honestly. I'm not going to lie to you. Well, you know what? Let me ask you about that because I wanted to ask you about that. Porter and Crawford, how, how are you feeling? I know you've been at the press conferences. You've been checking out the weigh-ins and all that good stuff. How are you feeling? Man, first of all, Sean Porter is my guy, man. I've had him in the studio a few times. Um, man, I, I, he is by, honestly, he's the, the person I love covering the most in Las Vegas because he lives here. And I say Ryan Reeves was probably neck and neck with him before he left. So with that being said, I have a hard time thinking that Terrence Crawford is not going to win this fight just because to me, he is the best pound for pound fighter in the world, even though Canelo has done what he's done. Um, Crawford just hasn't had the opponent to showcase his skills. Sean Porter is more than an opponent. He's very capable of winning. And if Crawford wins easily or, you know, somewhat easily, to me, he's definitely the pound for pound fighter in the world. But Sean Porter is a live, live, live dog. And I, he's what, my favorite guy, man. I, I really enjoy that dude. Boxing fans stand up, man. This, this fight is a treat 
for boxing fans. A treat. It really Brian? is. It, is. it really is. But now you got you got Demond fired bring up. Bring it in. Uh-oh. Bring it Uh-oh. in. Oh man, because I do. I also Uh-oh. think Crawford is pound for pound the best fighter in the world. So man, you saying yeah. that, boy? You got a spot on this show forever. <laughs> I should have had one anyway. But yeah, I appreciate that, <laughs> Well, you know what's funny, Brian? What's funny is when you started saying that, Demond had a look on his face like he was about to go against what you were saying. So oh, I know that's why I was like, "Oh, you got him started." I didn't know he was about to agree with you. I thought that he was uh like he was about to fire up on you. But okay, me too. Yeah, me too. I'm ready to get defensive. I was taking <laughs> in a bunch of air on my chest over here in the car, man. Like, hold up now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. That's a good one. I love it. Are you gonna be at the uh, at the boxing fight? Of course. I'm just checking. <laughs> man, what do you mean? Am I gonna be at the boxing fight? My man. <laughs> yeah, you. I, hey, my boy Q, man. You got a lot of nerve. Hey, man. Yo, he, no, yeah, he's snapping everybody today. <laughs> Calm down. Where's the kids at? <laughs> Thought you were picking up the kids. Man. <laughs> Yo, that is the best event going on this weekend. I tell people all the time. Again, you know I've worked everywhere. I yes. tell people all the time. There is nothing, nothing, no event like a big-time prize fight uh, to go to. I don't care if Super Bowl, All-Star Game, playoff, whatever. Big time boxing, the atmosphere. There is nothing better. Nothing better. All right. Well, now, now I know. Now I'll be there. That's the one place I haven't been so far in town. I have not been to a, a, a boxing event, a UFC event. I haven't oh been to any of that God. yet. Like I've only been Q. here. I've only been here a few months, man. Give, give your boy a break. <laughs> nah, man. You you have been. Man, I, I saw you at the supermarket. Everywhere I go, I see Q. I'm, you know what I mean? Like I haven't, but I mean, it seems like everywhere I go, I see you. And you haven't been to a UFC or boxing fight yet? Not yet. Not yet, my man. I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I'm going to get it. It's going to be another one I get underneath my belt. Don't you worry. I'll make it happen. Oh, <laughs> this is the one you should have went to. Well, oh, I mean. You, okay, UFC next month. UFC 269, I want to say. Okay. Um, Dustin Poirier is fighting Charles Oliveira for the uh, lightweight title. Lightweight. lightweight title. You should tr- get a credential and go to that. All right, well, look, man, just give me your credential this weekend, man. We both bros, you know. Just give me, give me your suit, one of your fancy suits. I'll wear that, and I'll tell you about the, uh, I'll tell you about the experience. <laughs> oh no, man, you, uh, you got too many ways for people to think that you're me, man. Like, you're- <laughs> Your hairline is too nice for people to think that you're me. Well, that's a good that, that's a good point. I'd have to shave the head, but then I'd have to borrow your clothes too, because I'd walk in with one of my little collar my collar shirts on or my dry fit pants, and they'd be like, "That's not Brian." <laughs> that, <laughs> Brian, what is what? Are you sick? What right. is wrong with you today? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Brian walks out of Allegiant Stadium wearing the same thing that Patrick Mahomes was wearing, so I I, I couldn't had a who wore it better <laughs> contest on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. I, hey oh, man, you can wait to bring that up. Yo. Oh, man, that's funny. That hey, but Yo, you got Mahomes all up in my closet. Man, what's wrong with him? <laughs> he was shining, man. You were shining. You always do a fantastic job. That's why I like to have you on the show. You know, you're my homeboy, and I will, man. I promise. I'm gonna get to. I'm gonna get to a, a, a boxing event. I'm gonna get to a UFC event. I'm gonna make that happen. That one next month, I'm eyeing now. Now that you got my attention, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it happen, my man. I'll make it happen. I promise. Yes, and then and then I want to hear you talk about your experience at it, and it has to be a big man. You. Go, and then I got to talk to you afterwards, man. Perfect, perfect. I will bring you back on the show. We'll have you talking about it. We'll uh, we'll have a good time. Hell, I'm going in a helicopter tomorrow. How about that? Man, that, that's cool. I've done that too, man, but not – a fight is still better than a helicopter. Oh, no, I have no doubt about that. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I'm going in a helicopter, so it's cool. So, you know, I'm going to do – 
Do what I got to do. Well, you're, you're cute. Come on, man. I mean, <laughs> please. People want you up there, boy. They're they probably paying you to go up there. Well, you know, I'm not paying for it. That's for sure. <laughs> you got that right. <laughs> I'm definitely not paying for it. But, Brian, hey, man, thank you so much for your time. I do appreciate you, man. Enjoy the fights. I'll see you in the press box on Sunday for sure. And, uh, like I said, keep doing what you're doing because you're doing a fantastic job. My G, I appreciate you. And, Jamal, man, I, I like I like where your head's at, young man. If I get your head's at. Don't tell him that. Appreciate that. that. Now his head's swollen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Swollen like, like them arms and them little shirts. It's all good, though. You know what? There it is. There you it is. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, thank you for your time, Brian. Appreciate you, brother. All right, y'all. Be good. All right, there he goes. Brian Salmon, News 3 in Las Vegas, at Brian News 3 LV. And that's Brian with the Y. That's B-R-Y-A-N News 3 LV, and yeah, he swole your head up now. Now, now you're, hey, let's book Brian. Let's book Brian now. I, I like how he's thinking. He likes how I'm thinking. Hey, oh, man. I'll never, I don't stand a chance now. The last, the time before that, he said, you know, he gave me another compliment. Said, I think he said I was smart. Right. I know what I'm talking about. Something along those lines. And you don't even remember. Yeah, but it was a good one, though. Oh, okay. All right. I'll go back and find it, and that'll be like the next rejoin. That'll be the next rejoin. Every time someone's <laughs> giving me a compliment on the show. Well, there won't be very many rejoins then, right? <laughs> 249 is the time. You want me to take a break or you want me to stick right here? Take a break? All right, let's take a break. We'll come on back, close out hour number two. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Got a couple quick text messages I want to get to before we kick into hour number three of Unnecessary Roughness and talk to Charles Davis from CBS Sports. He's going to be on the call with Iron Eagle, uh, and that's going to be a a fantastic game, I do believe. I think this game on Sunday is going to be uh, a really good, interesting game against two teams that are pretty similar to each other and both two teams that really need a victory in a major way. But a couple text messages real quick. Mailman Raider said on offense, Brian Edwards on defense, whoever is on chase. And that's going to be a big deal, man. You've got to. One of my keys to the game is eliminate the big play. The Bengals want to hit the big play. The Raiders want to eliminate the big play. They've done a really good job throughout the course of the year eliminating the big play until last week. So they've got to make sure they go back to what they were doing prior to Last week's game against Kansas City. Uh, Also, Mailman Raider said defense already know Waller and Renfro getting theirs. Edwards stepping up opens a lot of things up, in my opinion. And if Chase is getting shut down by the corner, it'll allow the rest of the defense to key in on Mixon. So that's from Mailman Raider. And uh, stopping Mixon, slowing Mixon down is also a big deal because, well, the Raiders' rush defense has not been that great. One more text and we'll take a break. This is from Rob in Oakland. Some people are looking for quick fixes, and then they try to find a scapegoat. Carr's an easy target because he's a starting quarterback because he's been polarizing for years. Right now, there are failures and misplays among all positions on the field. We've hit a collective skid, and it's going to take everyone playing better to get more wins, but we're not the only ones. Out of the 16 AFC teams, 10 have either five or six wins. We're in the middle of the pack with eight games left. In my opinion, it's way too early to make a quarterback change, but many of our problems require a little more attention to detail and slightly better execution. We just got to get our rhythm back. This whole thing isn't over yet. Like Marcus Peters said, we ain't done yet. Remember when he said that? When he was a member of the Rams, he said, we ain't done yet. And they said, well, what about, I said, we ain't done yet. You know, the one thing about Marcus Peters, he's always good for a good sound bite. He is always good for a sound bite. Now, you might have to put your finger on the dump button, but he's always good for a really good sound bite. Robin Oakland, thank you for that text. I do appreciate you. We're going to take a quick break. Come on back. Kick off hour number three. Charles Davis will join the show. Talk about Bengals and Raiders. Kick off at 105 on Raider Nation Radio 920. And, of course, CBS Sports will have the broadcast, and he'll be on the call, and uh, he'll talk about the game. That's coming up next. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.